Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, and welcome to The Parenthood, brought to you by The Bump Class. I'm Marina Fogel. And I'm Dr. Kiara Hunt. And today we're going to talk about sleep, which is possibly the most covetable thing when you become a new mother. Tiredness is like the overriding experience, I think, of, of being a parent. I mean, listen, I still feel tired and my children are five and seven. Um, so it's something that doesn't leave you in a hurry. But I think if you understand how to manage sleep and how to uh, deal with the inevitable exhaustion that you will feel, you are a better mother to it, which is why I think it warrants a whole podcast um, just so that we can talk about managing it in, in various different ways. Yeah, I think if you ask most parents, they'll say that sleep deprivation is the hardest part of new parenthood even if you've got an easy baby they still need feeding every three hours or so um, in the early days and as you say even once they're sleeping through the night children wake up and often disturb their parents sleep so making sure you've got good sleep hygiene and you know all the tips and tricks to get a good night's sleep when your child is sleeping is really important. And, and that, of course, goes hand in hand with trying to learn how to encourage your baby to sleep through the night without waking up. So in this podcast, we're going to go through, through both of those, really, tr- trying to help you understand how to improve your baby's sleep and subsequently how to get better sleep yourself. So I think the one important thing to impress upon you is that when you're a parent, you will be exhausted. And I think you might be listening to this in anticipation of becoming a mother. You know, you might be heavily pregnant and think, well, I'll just listen to a few things so I can prepare for motherhood, prepare for being tired. You might, well, if you've had your baby, you are no doubt listening to this thinking, I am exhausted. So I think that's really important to prepare you for. It's not something that's abnormal. It's actually abnormal if you're not tired. Um, so, So be aware of that. And I think don't be surprised at how lack of sleep or sleep deprivation impacts your general well-being. I think people are often surprised at how awful they feel, how how they are potentially not able to deal with, you know, the hardships or the challenges of, of life if they're exhausted. I mean, certainly for me, you know, if I've had sustained bad sleep for a sort of long period of time, everything feels awful. You know, something little goes wrong, whatever it is, you're, the thing that you're expecting to be delivered tomorrow hasn't arrived and suddenly you're in tears. Little things become big, big 
things, which is why um, it is so important to, to prioritize the sleep. Yeah, but it's sometimes easier said than done, isn't it? It is. So we're going to go through a few things that can hopefully help you out in these kind of fatigue-filled days. And I think in the early days, the important thing is to get some sleep in the day. Remember, you're used to pre-pregnancy sleeping all through the night. And when you've got a newborn pre, baby... Pre, pre-birth sleeping pre-birth, through the night. Perhaps, yeah. <laughs> if you've been lucky. Um, but with a new baby, you will be up at least every three hours feeding if you're lucky. Um, And that means that you've got to catch up on that sleep and you have to sleep in the day. And it's quite easy, isn't it, for new mothers sort of high on the adrenaline of having a new baby at home and just given birth that you sort of feel on top of the world like you don't need any extra sleep. Um, But that very soon catches up with you. So if you can just prioritise that sleep and sleep in the day for as long as your baby is waking up at night. They say that if your baby's sleeping, you should be sleeping. Like try and catch every single, ounce of sleep. Yeah, and th- I mean that's not always practical, is it? I mean your baby sleeps a lot in the in the early days, but but you know, I, I th- say to my patients, if you can just get one decent period of sleep in the day for a couple of hours while your baby's sleeping, that will make all the difference. And, and I think it's often difficult because mothers feel like they've got lots to do, and their baby sort of sleeps in the middle of the day. They think, well, I should be, you know, writing thank you letters, or I should be doing s- a shop or cleaning, or, exactly yeah. responding to emails. And actually, really, all of those things can wait. I know that it's difficult to hear, but people expect you to be not so good at getting back to them when you've just had a baby and it is the trouble is if you think I'll just skip my sleep today the likely it is that you'll get to sort of six o'clock and you will fall apart and um that's not a convenient time for you to fall apart because your baby's still awake. So actually much better to sort of anticipate that overtiredness um, and have a sleep in the middle of the day really for as long as your baby is, uh, is, is, is waking up in the night. And I think, you know, do prioritise it. You know, if your partner is around and can take the baby out for an hour, go to sleep. If your mother or your friend or your sister or someone is saying, why don't I take the baby for a little bit? You need to be sleeping. Yeah, because use that. that help. It doesn't, uh, uh, you know, if you're lucky enough to be offered it, use it and use it to sleep. I know it's really boring mm. to sleep the whole time and you will get a bit bored of it, but life, the challenges and life with the baby will seem so much more manageable if you've had a bit of sleep. Yeah, and if, you know, if you are good at sleeping or good at going to back to sleep quickly after you've been woken up, it will be easier. You know, you won't need as much sleep. If your baby wakes you up in the night for a feed and then it takes you another hour to get back to sleep, that's going to have a much larger impact on your sleep deprivation. Yeah, um, and that's quite common. And we're going to talk about that in a minute, actually, about how um, to sort of sleep a bit better if you're not sleeping well. But I suppose another sort of piece of the puzzle is, you know, if your baby sleeps well, then you'll generally have a little bit more sleep. So how can you get your baby sleeping a little bit better? Um, yeah, because they don't all yeah. sort of drift in. And some are really good sleepers. And literally from day one, they'll sleep and they'll gradually get into a routine where they're sleeping a little bit more at night, longer periods at night. Um, and they're just easy. Um, and those are the, the the babies of less tired mothers. It's the, the ones who are a little bit more challenging at night that often have the more tired mothers. Yeah. You know, and of course, the ultimate goal is to get your baby to sleep through the night. And that's what we're trying to teach babies as they get older is to be awake and feed in the day and sleep through the night from seven till seven or eight or eight whatever it is um, but a good 12-hour stretch um, through the night which you know should be achievable certainly by the time your baby is sort of on solid food and for some babies before that yeah and I suppose at the root of you know your baby sleeping well lies whether or not they're feeding well and certainly in my experience you know a baby that feeds well tends to be 
you know, happier when they're awake and sleep better for longer periods of time. So I think if you can try and focus on feeding, because breastfeeding is tricky. um, And if you can try and just get your baby feeding as well as possible, um, that will then very often have a very positive impact on how well your baby sleeps. Generally, babies that don't feed so well are much more unsettled and sleep less well. Yeah. And people ask me, so if babies feed every three hours, how how does that change? You know, if they're feeding really well, they're feeding every three hours, how do I get them to sleep through the night? Because they're still waking me up a couple of times a night to feed. Um, so I think... A couple or five. Or five, exactly. So I think, you know, I, I encourage parents to look at the sort of 24-hour day of your baby. And the idea is that you're looking at the baby's milk intake over that 24-hour period. And initially, when they're newborns, they are feeding feeding every every three to four hours throughout the day and night but as they get a bit older and a bit more able to go for long longer periods without the food you're trying to encourage them to take more of that 24-hour milk intake in the daylight hours and slowly need less in the nighttime hours so that eventually they'll be in a bit of a routine as we all are of eating in the day and not eating at night and being awake in the day and being asleep in the night and there are, aren't there, there's loads of different books looking at routines and how to get your baby to sleep through the night. And, and the, the word routine is a bit vilified, isn't it? It's sort, of, yeah. it's sort of people think, oh, you know, you're being somehow unkind to your baby by putting them in a routine. But we all, as I said, we're all in routines. And, and as long as it's a gentle routine that's flexible to your needs and your baby's needs, I think you're doing the best thing by your baby. And the fact is that there are so many different books out there that take sort of different approaches, but largely all have the same target of a healthy, thriving, contented baby that sleeps at night. Because humans have to sleep for long periods of time. We understand our sleep cycles enter the sort of most restorative stage after what, two or three hours of sleep so it's not okay to have kind of constant small patches of sleep is it Mm, yeah and you'll find that some babies without too much encouragement will do that naturally they will naturally go for longer periods at night but I have come across a number of patients who've come to see me often pregnant with their second um, who say what do I do my two-year-old is still feeding six or seven times a night and I've got a new baby coming and that's because um, they haven't encouraged the child uh, as a much smaller baby to, to stretch out a bit longer at night and so the baby's never known any different and if you continue doing that the child will continue to want that comfort of you know breast milk at night. Mm. I think it's also worth sort of thinking a little bit about your baby's I guess you can call it sleep hygiene, you know, where are they sleeping? You know, there comes a stage where, especially when they're going for longer periods of night, that maybe they should sleep in a space that's slightly further away from you in terms of that you're getting into bed at a later hour might be disrupting their sleep. They do become, having sort of slept through everything when they're little, they do become a bit more um, or a bit less resistant to sort of sleeping through noise. A bit more sensitive to noise, yeah. Exactly, and it's quite nice then to have their space, which you can do a sort of little bedtime routine in whereby you're sort of slowly winding them down for maybe an hour before you want them to go to sleep we know that for adults that makes a big difference but if you can sort of give them a bath and then give them their final feed in a darkened room with relaxing music playing babies also respond really well generally to sort of white noise and all of these things will encourage your baby in a really gentle and kind way to get to sleep because ultimately the biggest beneficiary of good sleep is going to be your baby the second beneficiary is going to be you 
And people often ask me at the beginning, you know, when the babies are really little, is, you know, I don't want to get them into bad habits by sort of rocking them to sleep or holding them. And I think, you know, don't worry about those sort of things in the early weeks, certainly not for the first four weeks or so. You know, your baby's not going to develop habits in that at that stage. But by the time you're getting to four to six weeks, I think it's important to, for your baby to start to learn um, that essential life skill of falling asleep with, without, uh, on, on their own, essentially, or without being rocked or cradled or breastfed. Um, and it's so much harder to do that when your baby's older. If your baby has only ever been breastfed to sleep or has only ever been rocked and held to you to sleep, it's much harder for your baby to learn that skill of falling asleep on their own, which, which we all need to do as human beings. So um, I think start encouraging your baby to you know, putting them down when they're awake to go to sleep when they're in those four to six weeks um, and see how they respond. And most babies will very happily fall asleep on their own. And, well, and then when they wake up at night, will not be scared by not being in your arms or not being on the breast and will be able to settle themselves back into sleep again. Yeah, there's an argument, isn't there, that um, if you always rock your baby to sleep, that when they then wake up, having gone to sleep, remembered going to sleep in your arms and then suddenly they're in a different place, that's almost more distressing for them than if they uh, went to sleep in their cot and then they wake up in their cot. Because it actually would be scary for us. Imagine us going to sleep somewhere and then waking up somewhere totally differently. You, You know, babies will have similar emotions. I think, you know, that's totally right. They call it self-soothing and it's a really important skill to have and babies will often develop like sleep associations so if they're used to you rocking them to sleep and singing the specific song that's what will get them off to sleep but you've just got to be careful about what they associate with sleep so if it's something that only you can do that's a bit of a nightmare because then that leaves you very little flexibility no one else can put them to bed if you you know want to go out one night or if you you know spending the weekend away that means no one can put them to sleep whereas if their sleep association is maybe a white noise toy in their cot or the music on the baby monitor that's brilliant because it means that whoever's looking after them can provide them with that sleep association that will help them get off to sleep so just think sort of broadly about making your life as easy as possible don't get them dependent on something that is really difficult to provide ideally involves you getting out of bed <laughs> yeah actually one of the best things is is my children just got um used to always having that music on yeah. in the in the baby monitor which i could literally switch on if they wake up woke up in the night and from st- your bed you mean from my bed yeah. exactly without having to get out of bed yeah. um and that was so much better than the sort of me having to rock them in a specific way and sing them the song that only i can sing yeah um, um, yeah, you need to think about making life easier uh, for yourself as well as as not put, putting something extra on your baby that they need, which they which they will then develop a dependence on, which yeah. is really hard to break as they get a bit old. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Yeah. And I think also try not to overstimulate them um, try not to put too many co- toys in their cot because, you know, very little is required to stimulate a baby that has only just been born because actually just opening their eyes and looking and smelling and hearing and all of that is so new and so exciting for them. They don't really need much more. And often then adding exciting toys into the cot gets them so excited. It's not necessarily conducive to sleep. And so, even with the younger babies, you know, if, if you're soothing them, if they're crying and you're trying to get them off to sleep, just for them, your face and eye contact is quite stimulating. So if you're trying to get them off to sleep, don't have eye contact with them. Don't sort of engage in on that sort of level because that is going to make them more alert and less sleepy. And I think a lot of people interpret that advice as, gosh, that's so hard and uncaring. I want my baby to know that they're loved. But it's not that. It's just that you don't realise quite how stimulating eye contact is yeah, for a you're baby. You're still holding them. You're still rocking them. You're still soothing them. They still know you're there. Um, but they're, they're getting the message that it's not playtime, it's sleep time. I think, you know, think about too, a lot of people have mobiles over the cots and just think about how stimulating those might be. You know, you have some with sort of music, jazzy music and lights and sort of flashing things and that is not conducive to sleep. Whereas something that's gentle music and that doesn't want them to keep their eyes open is going to be much better. Think about making their room as conducive for them to be falling asleep as possible and put yourself in their position because essentially what very often we regard as normal and helpful is also going to be translated to babies and what about keeping the room blackout and dark you know you have you get some people saying oh well you know i've been told that i have to have my room the baby's room completely blackout so then my baby will sleep do is that something that you i've always had a bit of a problem with that i've well i tell you what i've had a problem with that by starting off like that because actually it's really difficult to make a, a room totally blackout and if you achieve it you're not going to achieve it wherever you are if you go and stay with your parents or you go and stay with a friend or you go on a holiday day, it's very unlikely you're going to achieve the same level of sort of blackout. Essentially, what you're doing then is conditioning your baby only to sleep in a totally blacked out room, which actually isn't ideal either. So actually, I would say, you know, make sure your room, your baby's room is sort of relatively dark, but the inevitable chinks of light are totally fine. And if you can encourage your baby to sleep in that kind of environment, you're making your life a lot easier. Listen, if your baby is regularly waking up at five o'clock as the sun rises, maybe that lightening of the room is you know making your encouraging your baby to wake up but these things are usually a bit of a phase and what I would recommend is sort of try darkening the room a little bit Um, but then after a few months maybe remove that blackout blind and see if that does make an impact on your baby sort of waking up yeah no I agree yeah, you don't want to be making a rod for your own back. You know, respond to your baby's needs. And if they're waking up, like you say, then deal with it. But don't don't preemptively make a problem for... for yeah, no, I, listen, there are people that go around saying you must make sure your baby's room is totally blacked out. But I, I, I really, really don't believe in that. The majority, the vast majority of us are perfectly capable of sleeping with just ordinary curtains or shutters or whatever you have. And so why should it be any different for your baby? So obviously the other side of the coin is that you know, you need to sleep too. So if your baby's sleeping really well, this is what very often happens, you know, newborn babies then kind of finally slink into a a lovely routine and they're having a really good night's sleep and the mother is exhausted and she goes to bed and she can't sleep. 
and it's so, so frustrating because yeah. you know how important it is and you know how this this you know your baby's going to wake up and you're sort of watching the hours tick by and you think oh I've only got five hours now it's four hours now it's three hours so um what are what are the few things that you can do to sort of help you sleep because it's very common isn't it for mothers not to be able to sleep even yeah. though they are especially in the early days when there's a lot of anxiety and you've got this responsibility for your new baby and you're sort of jumping at every little snuffle or snore that your baby does or cough or vomit or whatever it is and it can be really difficult to get a good night's sleep um, but also you may know already before you've had the baby or in your pregnancy or before pregnancy that you're just not a great sleeper um, and suddenly although you weren't a great sleeper you still got enough sleep suddenly you just can't get enough because uh, the precious hours that you have are not being fully utilised and it's quite common for women to be overtired as well mm-hmm. and we know overtiredness a bit like I was sort of liking to like if you've taken a flight and you've got jet lag and you think I'm just going to mission it and stay awake even though I'm exhausted until it's time to go to bed and you are so tired and all you've been thinking of the entire day is finally going to sleep and then you get into your bed and you can't sleep and that is that typical classic symptom of overtiredness which your baby will experience too if they become overtired Um, and it can often be harder to go to sleep when you are utterly exhausted I think the other thing that's really really important is mothers very often put their children to bed at sort of seven and then they faff around and they faff a bit more and suddenly it's midnight and they they didn't need to be faffing around and rearranging the fridge and you know they could they I think you just need to be really brutal about prioritizing sleep and say right as soon as the baby is in bed I'm going to bed too I remember when I was when my children were little i literally try and get into my pyjamas before I put the baby to bed, have my teeth brushed so I was literally ready to walk down the stairs and go to sleep. You know, even if it's just like a handful of nights a week, if you're having a really good sleep, that is going to sort you out for the the, the inevitable days when mm. your baby doesn't sleep well. Or they're and really setting an alarm to do that, because you know, sometimes mm. it can be midnight and you haven't even realised. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if you have an alarm that goes off at nine or ten or whatever saying time for bed, yeah. then um, that... The that, reverse yeah. alarm yeah. that we used to. <laughs> um, and what sort of tips do you have for people who who aren't so good at sleeping i've got to say i am one of those people i am not brilliant at sleeping i always i mean you're always one of these people with lucky because you're a doctor you yeah. could literally just put your head down in your sleeper within three minutes whereas i put my head down and very often an hour later i'm still awake and that is obviously difficult and even more stressful when you have a baby because you know how precious that sleep is mm. so a few things that i've sort of found helpful you know we talked about having a sort of bit of a bedtime routine and how that can help your baby fall asleep i think it's the same for parents as well if you sort of sort of think about I, I'll have a bath I'll have just you know a candle on in the bath and keep the lights as low as possible have some relaxing music playing things like avoiding screens and tv that's all really stimulating for us and actually there's increasing evidence isn't there coming out saying that sort of any kind of screen in the hours before bed is not necessarily conducive to sleep yeah. so if you can sort of be old-fashioned and pick up a book or actually I, well, I really like listening to things I, I lo- often listen to sort of podcasts or audio books and I find that that is sort of really really relaxing as long as it's not too stimulating um, I find that that really really helps me um, go get off to sleep I think also sort of from a from a medical point of view there's lots of evidence for looking at um, sort of not eating too late or too heavy a meal before you go to bed is you know but you do need to eat you need to eat but make your main meal lunch
lunch and then have an early lighter meal in the evening about an hour or two before you go to bed is the best thing you can do listen that's not always going to be possible but if you try and do that when you don't have any other plans that's going to be helpful um, obviously avoiding stimulants so anything containing caffeine I usually say sort of tea coffee chocolate anything with caffeine in you know after lunch just avoid it um, green tea too actually has quite a lot of caffeine, caffeine in, in so trying you know to have really herbal teas and ensuring that they don't have caffeine mm-hmm. I mean you know my husband swears by these sleepy teas that you get mm-hmm. and he finds that really really helps mm-hmm. um, but you can get sort of herbal remedies that again there's not a huge amount of evidence but whether it's you know uh, in in your mind and it just feels that if you've yeah, had your sleepy anything tea, that works absolutely yeah exercise is, is really important and actually getting a bit of exercise in the day will definitely help you sleep the best time for exercise is the sort of early afternoon so it's not just before bed but in the afternoon and then you'll hopefully sleep and remembering exercise is not necessarily a trip to the gym and an hour in the gym exercise is a brisk walk around the park pushing your baby and actually combining exercise then with fresh air and natural light Mm -hmm. we all know aids um, sleep so you know there are great sort of buggy classes that you can fitness classes that you can do with your baby And, and then you're sort of multitasking because no one needs to be looking after your baby and you're exercising and you're getting fresh air and you're helping your your sleep that's really good or just you know walk around the park with a friend of yours and a good old natter about what you're finding challenging about being a mother that can sort of really really help yeah because it's difficult when you've had a new baby you're sort of holed up at home especially if it's winter and it's bad weather Um, it's really easy to get to the end of the day and think I haven't left the house yesterday or the day before and it's important to make sure that you're getting that into your routine you'll notice the the benefits in your sleep I must say I we talk a bit about sort of breathing and visualization and even using hypnosis in labor on on the bump class and I definitely did a bit of that and I found that was actually really really useful for sleep so people do use hypnosis to to help people who are having sleep issues but if you've done any of that in your pregnancy or even if you've done sort of breathing in your antenatal yoga class just actually spending a few minutes focusing just on your body and your breathing and your in-breath and your out-breath that's really good at sort of calming the mind and it's quite stressful not being able to get to sleep and that stress is about the worst thing you can do to, mm. you know it will absolutely prevent sleep so if you can kind of control your anxiety levels and control you know the inevitable lists that you have in your mind while you're lying in bed that really helps too yeah and not being scared too much of that exhaustion you know realizing that in fact you can manage on a lot less sleep than you probably think you need before you've had a baby um, because I think often the, the worry as you're not sleeping at night of how they're going to cope with the next day compounds the problem. I actually think that one of the most surprising thing um, that mothers have is how little sleep they can function on. You know, in the days before, you know, you have a big night and you think, oh, I'm exhausted, I'm going to have to sleep really well for the next three nights. And actually you still had eight hours that previous night. But then you realise that actually you can, I remember there was one night with, with Iona where I did not sleep a wink because she was up the whole night. And then I had uh, your son's christening to go to the next day and I thought I think I'm gonna have to cancel there's no way there's no way I will be able to function at all but I I remember thinking no I've got to go it'll be really disappointed if we don't go we must go so we drove down and you know it was a really fun day it was just what I needed to sort of relax a little bit and she slept really well and I think I had a sort of small glass of wine the first one since I'd given birth and it was just a really lovely day and, and what I definitely took back from that was that 
the fatigue that I'd anticipated was much less worse than the fatigue I actually experienced. But the stress of worrying about how tired I would be was really exhausting in itself. So if I sort of eliminated the worry and the stress that goes with the anticipation, it's so much easier. Just get on with it. What will be will be and try not to worry about the things that you have very little control over. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, I suppose the last thing to say really on sleep is that if you know, if you're if you're sleeping okay, but you just find you are still exhausted in the day, um, you know, there are some medical things that can make you feel more tired. Um, so it's quite common to be iron deficient, for example, after having a baby. It's quite common to have thyroid problems, which can make you feel really tired and sleep badly. Even as we talked about in another podcast, post-nat- having postnatal depression or kind of mood disorders can make you uh, sleep really badly at, at, uh, at night and feel exhausted in the day. So I think if, you, if you're sort of not really able to explain your symptoms or your exhaustion, um, it's probably worth just having a quick checkup with your doctor and, and checking that there's nothing physical that's contributing to the sleep problems or the exhaustion you're getting yeah i think that's true and actually you've got a lot of support from your gp um in the in the weeks after you've given birth so i think the message is don't hesitate to get checked out and then at least you can cross those things off your list and think i just maybe i just need to be a bit more strict about going to sleep and prioritizing sleep i think uh, someone once said to me that sleep deprivation is one of the most powerful forms of torture it just makes people feel so bad mm-hmm. and I think for me that really sort of drilled at home how important sleep is and how dreadful you can feel if, you're, if your sleep isn't quite enough and listen every parent feels that tiredness characterizes parenthood certainly early parenthood for for most couples so um, try and prioritize trying to make sure that you're getting enough of it and if not seek help yeah. I hope this has been helpful. It is trying to sort of give people resources and maybe some ideas that they didn't previously think about. Um, please do have a look at our website, thebumpclass.com, and do follow us on social media. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.